Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Canadian Gamers. And today we're going to have another fun episode. But before we jump into our uh, our main topic and I wanted to uh we're we're going to have some housewarming, uh, housewarming. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> some house cleaning uh things that we need to discuss first. So, first things first is we're actually recording this one week prior to posting. So, if it's announced that Nintendo leaves the hardware industry and is purchased by Sega and the Dreamcast 6 is announced, we apologize. We're obviously not going to be able to talk about that. But there's something that both of us have wanted to talk about. I actually had a video up uh, last week about this and Stephen wanted to, to, to chime in. So we figured we we're going to do a little bit of a back and forth and that's pertaining to uh, Colin Moriarty. And kind of funny, and basically the whole situation that that blew up. And we really wanted to have like a little bit of a back and forth on this because my video was essentially talking about how I supported him, and I just couldn't get over the character assassination that was happening over a joke. I just I just couldn't believe that. And it wasn't the first time that I've seen something like this. I've seen this happen quite a few times in the last you know couple of years. It's actually getting worse and worse and worse. And I did this because I just felt really, really strongly against it. And um, and Stephen was like, well, damn it, I want to talk about this too. So we decided, okay, we're going to do a little bit of a, a special podcast, if you will. And uh, we're, we're going to have other topics and stuff like that that we're going to talk about. We're, we're going to jump right on in. I don't even want to talk about what we're playing because it's fairly obvious what we're both playing. We're both playing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And considering we are doing this particular discussion very close to when we did our last one, um, unless you have something you want to say in particular, we could just jump right on in. Yeah, no, uh, that's all right. I wanted to talk about this, and I also want to note that since this is going to air in a week, chances are that there's going to be a lot more development on this story, because Colin tweeted yesterday night that Monday's a day, so we can probably guess that Monday's when he's going to say his big announcement of what's going to happen next for him. So obviously we're not going to be able to talk about that because that's we're not we don't have a time machine yet. So and we're going to jump right into the, the the topic here and I'm going to resume it and and basically I'm going to either talk for a minute or 15 minutes without Jared uh, interrupt me which will be a record. So we'll see how long I go. Hopefully I don't tear up or anything because this I don't know I I I I texted Jared and I posted this on a YouTube video yesterday and I didn't realize this uh, how much a man that I've never even talked to or met how much he affected my life and I'm talking about Colin here and this week was really really challenging for me even though like I said like don't even the dude doesn't even know I exist but it's just these type these type of YouTube celebrities if you will they don't often realize uh, the impact they have on, on, on the lives of people and anyway, I, I'm going off topic here, but I'm just, first off, I want to resume uh, kind of what happened uh, last week uh, or the week before even. So because there's a few points I want to I want to bring along. And when I'm done here, Jared, if you have a notebook, maybe, if, but you're usually pretty good at remembering everything I said. So if you want to add something, we'll, we'll go back and forth after. But first off, Colin appeared on the Rubin Report uh last, not this Monday, but the Monday prior to that, 
And it was a very, very good uh, interview. If you don't know, Dave Rubin is uh, a guy who does mostly political interviews, but he does other stuff too. And it's a really popular YouTube channel that I've always heard Colin talk about, but I've never actually watched much of it. But now I've, I'm, I'm now subscribed to that guy, obviously, and I really enjoy his content. And the interview was uh, amazing and that was before the tweet or anything and one quote in there that while I was watching I thought was really interesting was that and I'm just uh, I'm not really quoting him I don't know the exact quote but he said something into the regards Colin did that he has gotten kind of funny into trouble in the past or whether it's stuff he said on Twitter or stuff he said during his podcast or Facebook or whatever but that the guys always supported that and they said that they, it actually made their channel stronger. They did not want him to change anything about himself because they believed that they were stronger to that uh, extent, even if they did not agree with everything he said. And then the tweet happened two days after that, which I believe was Wednesday, which I think it was like an inter international women's day. Some a, a group wanted people to... Uh, think about what would happen if women would not go to work on a specific day or something like that. What a day would be without a woman. And Jared, uh, Jared, <laughs> Colin made a tweet saying, uh, ah, peace and quiet. And hashtag a day without a woman. And I did not even know about this until the following Monday when Jared texted me about the news that Colin had quit. Uh, kind of funny, which shocked me I did not even know of anything like this because I wasn't even aware of the tweet because I don't have a Twitter account I I text sometime I will uh, type no taxation in Google and that takes me to his Twitter and I check it from time to time I do the same with other people but I don't have a Twitter account so I did not know about this uh, tweet and even if I did I did not know about the outrage that it caused I had absolutely no idea of this uh, happening and I'm like one of the biggest kind of funny fans out there and Colin Moretti fan. So that really, really took me off guard. Apparently, he was, uh, like you said, a character assassinated by tons of people. And we found out later that Colin was like, he was, he said he was drowning. He was really, really, he needed uh, support. And one of the first person that did that was Dave Rubin. But I'll talk about that later. And then I want to talk about Monday, because uh, Kind of Funny was supposed to go to PAX East. Uh, Colin decided not to go. Uh, Greg Miller did not really agree with that decision. But something a bit strange here happened. Like, in the aftermath of this, apparently, I read the letter that Greg posted. And I found it a bit strange. I don't think he threw Colin under the bus, like some people are saying. But he did not necessarily have Colin's uh, back on it. But he basically said, and he's read about this, that Twitter is not exactly the right uh, place to put certain comments on because you're limited by the number of characters uh, you can, and there's no context to that. Like, you could say a racist joke in a video as a joke, but you could t uh, say that same joke in the in a text form and it looks absolutely not the same way because it's taken out of context and he's right about that so he did not like Colin's tweet and like he said uh, that's okay you don't need to agree with everybody what I found a bit unfortunate 
is that when Khalid needed support, he wasn't necessarily there, at least on the social media. He wasn't there for him. For various reasons, some say it's because uh, Kind of Funny as a company uh, was kind of hurting from that tweet, but I, I, I think like things like of this nature, they tend to blow out uh, very quickly. So I think that if he would have stu stood by his buddy, that would have went away really, really fast. Anyway, on Monday, you text me that Colin resigned. And like I said, I had no clue. I was extremely saddened by this news. I went on Twitter. I read Colin's uh, Facebook post. And then I realized that in about 15 minutes, the kind of uh, funny morning show was going to happen. So I tuned into that. I was already off work by that. Uh, the kind of funny morning show is a daily show from Monday to Friday that happens on 2 o'clock Eastern Time, 11 o'clock Pacific Time, every day. So I tuned in on that, and of course they dedicated the whole show to this story. And I was really tearing up, because Greg, you could see, Greg was basically, basically did the whole show while crying. He was very, very emotional. And if you don't know, Greg and Colin are roommates. They're basically best friends. Like, it's something that's obviously a hard... Uh, a hard thing to surpass, and obviously Colin is a huge part of Carnafony. Him and Greg are the the pillars of Carnafony. And there was something really cool that that happened during that, and that was at, at some point Greg addressed the camera and said, "Colin, wherever you are, I don't know if you're at home. Wherever you are, you we wish you the best." And then you see in the background, you see Colin appear, swiping the floor with a little broom and. It, and then Greg says, oh, I guess uh, you haven't met, you guys haven't met our new janitor. And then they turn around and they address Colin. And Colin's like, well, I'm out of a job now, so I'm trying to to find find something. And they have just this little playful uh, banter. And then it turns and it ends in a really cool group hug. And that was nice. Like, that teared me up when I saw that, how they did that. I thought that was fantastic. And it just, uh, like... These kinds of breakups must be super hard. And I, even Greg said that the, the tweet had nothing to do with Colin resigning. And I think last, last night, uh, Colin kind of contradicted that. But what I want to say about that is I think that Colin was on its way out even before that. He did mention yesterday that there was a lot of back, uh, backstage fight or whatever you want to call it between the guys because they were going in different directions. And that's okay. I think Colin would have quit kind of funny eventually. Probably not Monday though. If that tweet doesn't happen and, or if Greg and the other kind of funny guys stick by him, he's still in kind of funny today. I think there's no question about that. For how long? I don't know, but he would still have been there and we could have probably had a better, uh, goodbye because I would have loved to see like a final PSL of you. I would have loved to see uh, things about of that nature happen, but it did not, sadly. And this affects the future of Colin Funny a lot more than it affects the future of Colin Marotti. I think Colin will actually be a lot bigger now. A lot of doors are opening for him, and he's always said that his number one passion is uh, politics, history. It's not video games. Video games is a hobby for him, and now it's finally going to go back to that so I think for him like there's no question in my mind that he's going to be huge and I wouldn't surprise if in 15-20 years he's actually big into politics I wouldn't be surprised about that 
at all. And I'm glad for, for him. You see, Colin Moretti is a guy I disagree greatly on certain things, but I've always respected the shit out of his op opinion. Like, he's always, when he's on the Game Over Greggy show, every time it, his topic is on, that's the one I want to watch the most. When he talks on a game cast, it's the thing I want the most. Even though we, like, I always said that I disagree on his opinions for the 3DS. For me, the 3DS is one of the best consoles of all time, and he hates it. And that's perfectly okay. That's the thing about Colin. He, he, he feels the same about people that disagree with him. As long as you're respectful, it's actually healthier for someone to watch and learn about other people's opinion, even if they're not yours. That's something I'm trying to work on. I have a bit of a problem with that. I have a problem with uh, criticism, even when it's constructive. And it's a personal fault of mine that I'm working on. I have also problems like watching... YouTube stuff of people that are saying something that's not necessarily my opinion, but that's a character flaw, and I, I know it, and I really have respect for people who can uh, who can work around that. And I just do not know how kind of funny will will be from now on, because if you lose uh, Colin, like you have Greg, I love Greg, but then you have Tim and Nick, who are basically like entertain they're, they're goofballs they're fun to watch but they they don't really bring the the same thing that Colin did like I can't imagine them having interesting debates anymore on the game over Greggy show when Colin was pretty much the the only one with a different opinion than the two other guys sure they might not exactly agree on everything but usually it's three versus one in the sense that Colin has a different opinion than the two other guys and then they have a nice uh, conversation another thing is P.S. I love you, and that brings me to the next segment of how this affects me. Uh, Jared knows this. Jared, Jared and I have been uh, friends for uh, almost, probably more than 10 years now, and I've always hated Tuesdays. Because Tuesdays is, I, I, I in my job I do deliveries, and Tuesdays I have three hours of driving to do. And it always, I always come back late, so I don't see my family for almost the, the whole day. And I go to a town where... The stores there were not necessarily the most respectful uh, a few years ago. Now it's changed a bit, but it's still... Basically, I did not like Tuesdays. But since PSA Love You arrived two, a year and a half ago, I believe, Tuesdays are now my favorite day of the week. Because when I'm done my day around 1, 1.30, I download PSA Love You. And then for the whole drive back, which is an hour and a half, which is usually the time the show runs, I have amazing entertainment for me. And it's always worked perfectly for my lifestyle. And I always loved that. And now it's gone. And I'm not one that wants it to go away forever. I think it's not like Podcast Beyond where both Greg and Colin are gone. In this case, Colin is gone, but there's still Greg. And Greg is... I love Greg. There, I know there, he's... A lot of people are dissing him right now, but I really love Greg. Uh, like, he's... He has one heck of a personality, and people also forget that at his young age, he's already like come. He's a cancer survivor already. He's had he's been divorced. Like he's been to hell, and he's there, and it doesn't show. Like he's an amazing person. I really love him. So I really hope they continue. PSL of you in some other direction, whatever it is. And finally, uh, the last thing I want to quickly touch upon is. 
what Colin did yesterday, he was in the Ruben Report, they did a live show, was an hour and a half, and they shed a bit more light on what happened, and it seemed to contradict a bit what Greg uh, said, because Colin never, he he kind of hinted that eventually there, there would have been an end and a separation with him and kind of funny, but he he did say that it was a result of the tweet, and he said something to Dave, he said, and he was crying, he was in tears when he said that, he said that when he was drowning on Wednesday, Dave Rubin was the first one to have its back, and he'll never forget him for that, he says, and that's interesting, he said that even the the persons that were the closest to him felt the farthest, and I think that's an indirect jab at the kind of funny guys here because they did not have his back, at least in his mind, during this day and he definitely needed it. So that was interesting. And he also uh, mentioned, like, there was one question I was itching to ask and that was, his does his relationship with Greg, uh, is it weaker now after the tweet? And somebody asked something like that, but it was more towards the kind of funny guys. And he said that he wished them the best. He will always uh, uh, wish uh, for their success. And it's he considers, considers them friends. And he said, especially Nick and Greg. And I found that funny because there's only three other guys and he didn't mention Tim. So it, it, it might be... It, it might be nothing, though. But it's just I found that uh, sometimes when you don't say nothing, you say more than when you say something. So I thought that was interesting. And that's pretty much what I, I wanted to say before you, jo- you you chime in. Well, that was a lot of stuff, my man. A lot of stuff. I'm proud of you. I muted my mic there because I was like, okay, I'm uh, I'm going to sing and dance while you uh, while you did your thing. But yeah, I, uh, wow, I'm impressed. I think that's the longest you've ever spoken to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. That was amazing. Okay, well, there was a lot of stuff when I did my video that I did not touch upon uh, because I did not watch everything. Uh, I had just seen the character assassination sort of happening, um, and I wanted to wait until I had seen... Not not the fallout, but that I had seen something, you know, like what was going on, basically. And until I had some more information. And it was just yesterday where I was like, okay, that's enough. You know, like I've waited enough. I want to like to find out like some of the information. And when I was seeing just like mainstream media, that's what really did it to me was seeing mainstream media basically classify him as a racist. I couldn't believe that. I I just could not believe that. And it floored me because it's like how can you like how can you work in the mainstream media and use the word racist for ah peace and quiet a day without a woman or whatever it is. How how can you do that? That's not racist. You could say it's sexist. But you can't say it's racist. Like, that doesn't even make sense. So uh, that was the thing that really, like, did it. That pushed me over the edge where I was like, okay, I'm going to do a video where I'm going to talk about this and and show my support because I was like, I just can't, I can't get over this. 
it's just ridiculous. But the stuff that you said, like I have since watched videos and certain things, and there's a couple of things. I don't want to regurgitate the exact same thing that I had mentioned um, in that in that review. Not review. What am I saying? But in that video. So okay, there were a couple of things I thought they go hand in hand, and and the guys might say otherwise, but I mean, certain things were weird. Okay. First off, with the kind of funny guys, you could sort of read it in Greg's uh, message that he he wrote. It's I don't I don't want to say throwing him under the bus myself because I don't see that. I can see it as Greg basically. Okay, the tweet goes out. Colin's in bed. He's lying there with his girlfriend. They're watching TV, making out, doing whatever it is they're doing. I can just picture it like this. So, you know, it starts to gain traction, starts to, you know, go all over the place. And I can see Greg sitting there because Greg has two different sides to him. There's the, the, the goofball that you guys see on camera. And then there's the real business savvy person. He's not a stupid person, right? And I think. Because that, like, his message went out really quick afterwards. Um, do you remember when? Was it the next day? No, I have no clue. Like I said, I did not know of the tweet before uh, Colin resigned. I did not know of anything about this. Okay, because it's it was really quick. Like, it happened very quick. So I can see it going down like this. So I can see Colin, you know, starting to get really like whoa what the hell it was a joke like what the hell's going on people like uh and then i can imagine his remember he's he lives with greg right and i can i can imagine greg coming in knocking on the door or whatever and saying um you know we need to talk and i think that is pretty much what happened. That was what what did it. Instead of saying, you know, like, you know, don't worry, this is going to blow over. We'll do a video about this on Monday or whenever, whenever the next time they were working, where they would talk and say, you know, this is a really serious thing, guys. Like, how is this getting, you know, so blown out of, you know, proportion? This is this is crazy, you know. Like, we as the kind of funny um, company or organization, we don't stand by this kind of, uh, you know, character assassination. This is just unacceptable behavior, people. Like, fine. Was the, was the tweet misconstrued? Was it in poor taste? Maybe. But, you know, what's happening as, as a result of this is, is just insane. But instead, the way I read what he wrote, I visualized it that instead of that happening, he basically knocked on that door and said, like, we have to get out ahead of this as a company. Like, we have to remain as politically correct as possible. We have to be neutral in these situations. And we we can't be affiliated with... with like, I, I can see the conversation going in a completely different discussion. And, and Colin kind of mentioned that on the report where he was saying that, you know, like the people essentially that he thought would be the ones that come to his defense the first weren't. And I'm pretty sure that's how this went down, that he basically got called in and and had a discussion that, you know, the company needs to 
needs to move in front of this so that the the kind of funny brand isn't hurt because of one tweet. Yeah, and I was I want to quickly mention that the kind of funny crew did not want Colin to quit. They really wanted him to stay. He decided to resign on his own, and that's important yep. because some people think that this tweet, like, as a result of that, like, kind of funny wanted Colin out, and that's far from the truth. Yeah, exactly, and I think, and I think that shows right in the video, and I, I think that's that's not like that's that's not where I'm heading with this. What I think happened was they had the conversation that I'm saying that the company needs to come out ahead of this so that we remain politically correct and politically neutral, and that's what did it. You get what I mean? Like, that's the trigger that did it for Colin, where to him, it wasn't that, oh, he's being kicked out or anything like that. It's the fact that, no, guys, we shouldn't have to come out in front of this that's the problem the fact that we're even having this conversation is the problem and i think that's why he wasn't there on monday was ultimately because of that when he realized that essentially kind of funny and or the people there or whatever the case may be that they're playing into the same problems that are facing society right now with this hypersensitivity and, and this madness that I, I find that's going on in society right now. And I think that's what did it. I think that's ultimately was the final straw where you could already see that there was some, some divide going on. Even with some of the PSI love yous, if you listen um, to some of the things that they, they have been speaking about lately. I know that uh, when they got their switches, uh, there was some non-disclosure agreements and Greg was talking about, um, you know, like, no, we can't mention this, we can't mention that. And Colin was like, all I want to do is just show this, you know, or something like that. And he's like, it's not really breaking the rules or whatever. And that was the first time I think ever that I saw a different side to Greg where he was like business Greg. Where he was like, no, no, we can't do this. You know, we're not going to take the chance that the company um, in question looks at us that, you know, no, no, we're yeah, potentially... I think I can provide a bit more clarification on this specific uh, incident you're mentioning because it's a lot more... Uh, I don't think... I think you're re- reading way too much into this. It was actually about Horizon. And just before Horizon, the... Uh, the What do you call it? Happened, like, uh, the day where you can talk about it. How do you say that again? What the embargo? Yeah, just before the embargo, we'll get out on on the episode. He he mentioned something like we're not Aloy to talk about it, like we're not allowed to talk about it. But he used the word Aloy. Yeah, and then Greg the, edited that out. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's what happened. But it was yeah. very Greg just just not taking any chances. But it no no, but funny. but that's that's my point. It's not about reading into anything. It's not about like it's it's not about that. It's that shows you. To me, that tells you something. Like, Greg is the type of guy that he doesn't want to take the chance that there are any potential issues that someone is a little bit upset or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of, it's, it's like us, you and I. We've had discussions like that multiple times where, like, I'll get a game and they'll be like, in the embargo, it's like, you don't mention this. And you're like, oh, come on, you can just show the goddamn, uh, you can show the box, you know, it's no big deal, like, who cares? That's what I mean. And and 
it was just it was interesting because like I can see the conversation going in that direction, like where where Greg would be like, we have to look at this from the business's perspective. That's all I'm I'm, I'm getting at, and I think that really. I mean, we'll find out. I'm sure we'll find out one day because Colin's not the type of guy who's just going to be quiet. Uh, but I have a feeling that that was the the what is it? The straw that broke the camel's back. I think is the expression. But <laughs> probably I've never heard that before. But I do. I do think that that's it. It's simply that in his time of need, where he needed you know friends to support him and and like the kind of funny crew to say, "Look, man, we got your back. Don't worry about this. We're going to just ignore it. It's going to blow over. We'll do a video about it on Monday or Tuesday or whatever, uh, where we'll discuss this and 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 that'll be that." But if if instead of having that conversation, they had a conversation where it's like, look, kind of funny as a brand needs to get out ahead of this. We can't be, you know, we, we, like we got it. We have to react to this sort of thing to say politically neutral, knowing Colin and his, uh, his political views, that would be enough. Do you know what I mean? Like that would be enough for him to be like, well, then I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like we were already sort of, you know, going in different paths, but the fact that the institution that I helped create is now basically going against the very fabric of who I am because to him this didn't even warrant a video a letter nothing it and didn't warrant anything because it was a joke he's perfectly right about that for in my opinion like even you if, if if even if you find the joke in bad taste like is someone really offended by that joke like how can you be offended by that? Like it, 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 I don't, I just don't get it. Like it's, it's at the bare minimum of sexist. Like, it's, no, exactly. I, and I and let's say you did. It. Like, he, let's say you did. This is this was what I was trying to say. Like in my video, even if you did find it offensive, okay, fine. Then you tell them you're like, oh man, that was really like you know that was bad bad taste, dude. Wrong day, you know, or something like that. You don't then go and proceed to like destroy someone. Uh, th- that was the thing that really, really bothered me. And I, I honestly, until we, we fully know the truth, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with that he sent that, that tweet out. And instead of having, you know, once it started to really, you know, pick up, instead of having his back, a conversation about the company took place instead. And knowing him and the way he talks, he probably was like, why are we having this conversation, guys? Like, there's, why are we even talking about this? It was a goddamn tweet. Like, can we all relax? Like, everybody just relax. And I think just that conversation was enough. Like, I think that's, that's ultimately what did it. And that's what I'm going to stick with until, um, until, like, if we ever do find out. But I'll tell you this, I won't be surprised if Greg is moving. And, uh, like, I, I don't see him, because it's going to affect the relationship with those people no matter what. And I know that they did not want him to leave. No kidding, they didn't want him to leave. But knowing the type of character that Colin has, there's no way that he'd be able to stay, you know, because he, he'd look at that and be like, well, I'm working like I, I'm, I'm a hypocrite because I'm working for the very institution that's doing the things that I am against, yeah, which is this something that's even more uh, uh, showing of their relationship status is that they 
they were supposed to record the final game over Ricky show with uh, Colin on Tuesday. And that's what they said on the Carney Funny Morning Show. But now it's getting delayed and getting delayed. And Colin mentioned on the Woburn Report yesterday that the truth will come out one day, but he will wait for the four of them to be together in a room and discuss it. And Dave even offered to have it on his show because, who, of course, he wants that. That who wouldn't have the exclusive on that? <laughs> but like, it's gonna happen soon. Hopefully, sooner than later. Where it's probably gonna happen in the game over Greggy show. And I hope they they have a no holds barred discussion and that they don't hold anything back and that they are honest and sincere. And I'm pretty sure that. Their friendship, I think, is strong enough to survive this. But I think this needs to happen sooner than later. I hope it yeah, does. Yeah, I, I think if they do, Stephen, then I think they they have a chance of coming out of this and staying friends. But the longer they wait, the more damage that this is going to cause. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that when when combined with what I did the other day the only thing I will say is that I'm going to miss the PS I Love You podcast I really am because they had such good chemistry even back on IGN with Podcast Beyond I'm really going to miss that I really really am and I'm going to miss Colin like discussing games i understand that he loves uh politics and all that and you know power to him for his career but it's sad as someone who loves this industry he he was one of these people that you know really stood by niche japanese rpgs he wasn't like sad to it's not funny sad, that but... you say that because in the comments of one of your videos you did someone said that he hated japanese games He's like the biggest fan of Tales out there, which if that's not a niche RPG anymore, I don't know what is. And he talks about NIS America frequently, and it's because he's he's been harsh on on Japanese developers not willing to to take chances on certain things. But if anyone watches any of the videos that he makes, you'll know he talks about um I can't think of the name uh, Don, uh, what's that? The NIS America Adventure game. There, it's not Don Rappa. Uh, ah, yeah, I forget yeah. what it's called. Yeah, but anyways, he, he wouldn't talk about stuff like that. He's the guy who put. Um, oh hell! What the hell was Catherine? it called? Ma- N- Catherine, yes, but what was the RPG? Um, Nino Kuni. Thank you. He's the guy. Like if. If Namco Bandai, because I think that's who who uh, published it in North America, if they have one person to thank for that game's success, it's him, because he was the guy who pushed that like crazy at IGN. And but yes, he hates Japanese games. Of course, that makes sense. It makes cool. a lot of sense. So, anyways, whatever. Um, I'm just I'm disappointed that that PSI love I love you has got to change. You know, and that's. That sucks, man. It really does suck because they talked a lot about a wide assortment of stuff. I mean, there's PSI Love You episodes where they're practically talking about half of it is Nintendo stuff. You know, they're talking about how certain games relate to certain things. And I love how they pull in Xbox and pull in PC. And and I love that kind of stuff. It's awesome. And it's going to suck 
not having that that banter between the two of them. It's like if if one of us did this podcast alone, you know, like that sucks. Yeah, that's that, not that's the same. That's never going to happen. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did like four alone, and yeah, only mine was good. You're usually you just mail it in when you when you do them alone. I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a horrible person. Yeah. Where's my switch? You bastard. <laughs> and like, I want to mention too that kind of funny. Like Colin left a significant amount of money on the table. Like we checked on Patreon and. I, Kind of Funny makes $50,000 a month. And that's divided by four people, I believe. And Colin is still on the board right now, so he's still making that money. But he's trying to share, sell his share, so I, I imagine that will not be difficult. And they do have to pay one uh, temporary, uh, not temporary, but part-time employee, which is Joey Noel. But, like, that's a lot of money. That's basically, you can assume that he, him and Greb have bigger share. That's... So that's probably something close, like 15 gram a month for Colin. So that's a lot of money. And he left that on the table just to to go and pursue his passion. Like, that's... I admire that. You yeah, and no, I should too. do that. Like, quit our jobs and start this full-time. Well, We'd be we in the streets in minutes. I was just going to say. <laughs> exactly. That would be, like, we'll be a smart to... thing to do for me, especially with my second kid on the way in a month. I should yep. quit my job and start video game podcast full time. Yeah, you should. should. You should. I'll pretend to do the same while I still work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So besides this, we had a few other things that we wanted to talk about. Um, uh, do you have any other closing comments for that before we move on? I love you, Colin. Keep up the good work. There you go. Very good. You should give uh, your phone number too. But anyways... <laughs> Okay, so Stephen actually did a really good job here. You guys can't see this, but I, I've got notes here of different things. And he, he actually did a really, really good job putting together the podcast, which is really weird. Normally, he has these bizarre topics and stuff, but I can see he's stolen some of these topics from uh, other places and stuff. <laughs> but it's great. So the next thing is, does Nintendo get a pass with reviews? This is an interesting one. For a lot of different reasons, actually. But um, I want you to explain a little bit about what you mean by this. I know what you mean, but just so that listeners know what you're talking about. And uh, do you have any examples? And what do you think about this? Because I actually have... I might surprise you with uh, what I say here. Okay, so basically this is directly stolen from Kind of Funny in their Gamecast. And that's something I do often because I love their podcasts and they inspire <laughs> me. There's something that I want to talk <laughs> about often when they with these guys and that's another reason why I'll miss PS I love you but the what there's what basically people are saying and I want to know if you agree with that is that Breath of the Wild got a 98 on Metacritic because it's a Nintendo game uh, the consensus that some people have including Colin is that Breath of the Wild is not a 98 it's not that like it's probably I assume they 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 still say it's a great game, but they don't think it's a perfect ten. Uh, that most like all the major outlets gave it a perfect uh, perfect ten. And what opened my eyes to that too is that I think a guy named uh, Jim Sterling. I don't know who he is, but I think he's pretty uh, a pretty important guy. He's, he has a lot of fans. 
uh, made a review this week about Zelda Breath of the Wild, and he gave it a 7.5, and that got a lot of attention. So I was wondering if you thought that they did have, uh, they did get a free pass on video games. I don't think it's a free pass, okay? I wouldn't call it a free pass, but I will say that there have been times where I've been surprised by scores for certain Nintendo games, okay? Not always, but there have certainly been times. And I'm trying... I I didn't have enough time. You didn't talk enough, so damn you. Um... Yeah, you keep talking because I want to. Well, I can talk, but whatever. It's because I, I wanted to, to to find some examples to tell you. Uh, where can I search? I'm looking for Metacritic, and when I click search, I can, oh, there, that's out. Okay, Legend of Zelda. All right, here we go. Let's make this happen. Okay, so the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time got a 99 on Metacritic. Doesn't really count if I'm being really really honest, doesn't really count. And the reason why I say it doesn't really count is because it's from 1998, long before Metacritic really started looking at things. There weren't really that many um, websites out that they that still exist that they can go and pull that data from. But from what I remember, pretty much it was Breath of the Wild, right? Yep. In terms of scores, like I don't remember anyone giving that like a bad score. When I first played that game, I would have done the same thing. I would have given that a 10. Like I thought it was just, just awesome. But if I'm just looking at The Legend of Zelda, okay, Skyward Sword has a Metacritic of 93. When I first played that, it wasn't perfect with, with the controls there. There were some times where I had some issues, but it was far and away and I, I, I can't say I still stand by this because I haven't played it in a long 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 time but when I played the game far and away it was the best game on the platform because it really made the most use out of motion controls in a logical way like I liked the way that you had to slash and swipe and all of this in different directions and if I'm not mistaken we actually awarded that game of the year that year um, and it was it was a breathtaking game now 93 like over time I think I think that's actually probably fair if I were to go back and play that today I, I don't know to be really honest because I, I have you ever gone back and played it yeah, yeah, Skyward Sword, uh, when I played it, thought it was a fantastic masterpiece of a game. Uh, the thing is, uh, with that game, and I think you can hear my kid crying in the background. Nope. No, 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 no. No, okay. Uh, well, let me assure you that um, Elizabeth is taking care of him. I'm not just leaving him in a room while I'm recording this. <laughs> you monster! <laughs> but I did play it back, and the problem with Skyward Sword that I have now is that it there's a huge... And that's the same problem I have with most Nintendo games pre-Breath of the Wild, is that there's a huge tutorial. Like, it takes probably around two to three hours, even maybe more, before you actually start enjoying Skyward Sword. And that's my problem I have with it now, but I still think that it's a really, really great game. Okay, well, that's interesting, because I have not. I have not gone back to it, so I don't know how it holds up. But here's where things get interesting to me, okay? 
The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. That was an interesting one for me, okay? Because it was good, but not great. And the Metacritic for that is 86. But again, you have to think of that this is, you know, we have reviews in here that are that count from 2016. You know what I mean? Like, you really have to look at this. And I'm talking about um, the original Wii version. So... Are you sure about that? Because I think the Metacritic for Twilight Princess for the Wii version was more closer to 95, and it seems like you're... Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, you're right. You're right. I just looked. Yeah, you are right. Okay, so hold on a second. Hold on. Yeah, it's the wrong one. It's 95. Okay, 95. That is one where I'm not sure. Okay? That's one where if I look back now, um, because I have played that one again... You're right. So Metacritic is 95. That might be a Nintendo bump. Because that game was good but not great. I don't know if you you can I mean disagree with me if you if you No, if you no, want. Uh, Twilight it's Princess. Uh, I bought a Wii for that game at launch and I beat it 6 years later, I believe. That's how much like it didn't hold me at all. I like and the Wii U game came out and I didn't even touch it. So I'm not not the biggest fan of Twilight Princess. I don't think it's a terrible game, but like a Metacritic closer to 8.6 actually sounds fair. Me too. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's why I clicked on the 86 and I was scrolling down to look at like the original reviews. That's the Wii U version, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and to me, that is actually fair. So basically... My point here is that, yeah, like, in some regards, yes, Nintendo, I find, can be reviewed a little different sometimes. Like, it it depends. Like, I can't say that for Breath of the Wild, but again, I don't know, you know? Like, this is where it gets really challenging, because if I look at this and I say, okay, someone else were to do this like someone else were to make this game would would i would it get whatever like uh the what is it at now 98 yeah it's the the thing that's impressive about that is that it has way more reviews than the other games at 98 on metacritic yeah and like it's it's always classic that because i knew asking you the question that you were gonna not have a decisive answer because you're jared you're switzerland but like I, I, I for Breath of the Wild, I think I don't think it had a Nintendo bump. I think there's gonna be like any game out there that gets a ten or that's great. Like Last of Us, you gave it a nine point eight. A lot of people gave it similar scores or even tens. But I'm sure there are people out there who hate the game. It's oh, yep. there's always gonna be people like that who doesn't, and that's fine. But I don't think Zelda got a bump. I think Breath of the Wild is a masterpiece, and I fully stand by it. And if you don't agree, that's fine. I don't think mm-hmm. this one has had a bump. The thing that's I right, but that's not though, what you didn't you didn't ask me that. You said, "Do you think Nintendo?" Yeah, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Give me a moment. Here. <laughs> Damn you! Uh, I don't think so, and I'll explain this. I think it's actually on most occasions it's the contrary. Like I thought, especially in the GameCube days, like Luigi's Mansion was a launch title. And I think IGN at the time, Matt reviewed it, Kessasamina, I think mm-hmm. it was his name. Yeah, I miss him. And he gave it, I think, a 7.7 or 7.8. 
And I thought that if that game wasn't a Nintendo franchise, I thought it would have gotten like an 8.5 or 8.7 or something. I think it got a full because it because of the fact that it was not Mario 64. And mm-hmm. the last every console launched with a Mario game, and that one did not live up to it because Luigi's Mansion is a fantastic game. And I always thought that was something. Same thing happened with Mario Mario Kart Double Dash, the best hands down Mario Kart game out there ever made. For me, that game is a 10. And it got a 7.9 from IGN. And, and it was reviewed by a friend, Mirabella. And that one, he, it, it's a joke from now on. Everybody kind of like agrees that it was a bit far-fetched, that score. But still, again, I thought that Nintendo games were targeted a bit back in the day because the expe- expectations were higher. Uh, so I do not agree with this. What I will say, though, is that there are certain fanboys out there. Like Nintendo Life, for example fantastic site for Nintendo news. Not so much for their reviews, though. Because you, you there will always be a huge Nintendo bump. A uh, perfect example also for that is IGN back in the day when Audrey was still working there. And strangely enough, she now works for Nintendo, if you can believe that. <laughs> but she gave a game, Pokemon Black and White 2, which I love. Fantastic games. She gave those games 9.6. 9.6 for those games. Those, I think I gave them 8.5, but they're closer to the 8. They're still fantastic games, but they don't offer much of a difference between the original Black and White. Star Fox 3D on the 3DS, if you can look it up, that'd be appreciated. I think she gave that a 9 or a 9.5. Like, what the heck? That's a, a game you can beat in an hour and a half. If you go in my 3DS log, you can see that yeah, I... Yeah, 9. 9, yeah. You can see that I've, I, I played that game once. For an hour and 40 minutes, I believe, and I beat it, and I never touch it again. And there are some massive Star Fox 64 fans out there, and that's okay. Like, it's a good game, but a 9.0 really for, like, at the time was like a 10 or 15-year-old game with no online multiplayer at 9. So I, I think Nintendo does not get a bump from from the general public because the expectations are already so high for Nintendo because they're arguably the best first-party developer. But there are a few fanboys out there, like Audrey, which, like again, who reviews game for a company and then goes work for them? That's that sounds like a conflict of interest for me. But it's whatever. And then there's Nintendo Life, which are I, I love them, but I always find that it, you need to subscribe a point from their review. Like I always say, Animal Crossing, Amiibo Festival, terrible game. It's a two or three at best. They give it a five. They always give automatically give their games a, a passing grade just for having Nintendo, but that's the, the the exceptions for me. They do not get a pass, and that is my final answer. And you can agree or disagree, that's okay. No, it isn't. It's not okay at all, damn it. <laughs> um, well, you you stole my thunder, damn you. Yeah, yeah, now I stole your thunder. Now that I've taken a stance, you're going to take one now. No, what I, well, what I was trying to say with Twilight Princess before you rudely interrupted me, you bastard, was uh, was the fact that on certain titles, I I can see, I can see where it like it looks like that, like it looks like you're like uh, with Twilight Princess that you know really a ninety five. Like, were we all super excited? Were we all super stoked? And what I wanted to lead into with that was to say that, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe there is some Nintendo bump or, and this is where you, you destroyed me, 
is it because they put out high quality games and they've been putting out high quality games for 25 years and this isn't going to take a stance because I have to remain uh, Switzerland because otherwise I'll disappoint you uh, but that's where I wanted to go with with my thought was that some of these games these guys have been putting out for years and years and years and years and I don't know honestly I don't know if Breath of the Wild if it were let's say horizon was breath of the wild okay like it was the exact same thing but with horizon story and horizons this and that and everything else would it be getting tens and and metacritics of 98 i don't think so i don't i don't think it would actually get that high part of the thing with nintendo is again going back to who is this company who are they well nintendo is a company that's been around forever now and Seeing a company like Nintendo take a franchise like Zelda and do what they did with it in Breath of the Wild does deserve a different score. Is it a bump? I don't know. That's up to you to decide if it's a bump or not. But it's not the same thing as if it was Horizon or another new IP that you just did the exact same thing as, you know as uh, Breath of the Wild did. I don't know if that makes any sense, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is that if I review a Nintendo game, I am going to look at the, the heritage, okay? Like, it's, it's what we did with uh, Skyward Sword, right? So I'm, I'm, naturally, I'm going to judge the game based on its own merits, but I'm also going to look at this and I'm going to say, okay, well, this Zelda game, like, this is radically different than than what they've done before. This is incorporating elements from Majora's Mask. It's bringing in the original Legend of Zelda sort of freedom to explore, but yet at the same time, we're also bringing in mechanics from this game and that game, and we're trying something totally new here. We're doing this. So, like, is there a bump on Breath of the Wild? I don't think so. I don't think so at all if you look at the heritage of of the series has there ever been for Nintendo games? That, it really depends. I mean, it really, really does. I think for Twilight Princess, I think we did. I think almost everybody who reviewed that at the time, for whatever reason, did sort of give it some weird bump. But then, at the same time, just like you said, you can look at all the times Nintendo has tried to do different things. Look at the Wind Waker. Do you remember the BS that everyone flipped out, even myself, I won't lie, I was like, what the hell is this when they introduced The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker after showing the Space World demo for Zelda on on uh, the GameCube, I was someone that was like, what the hell, man, this, like, what did you do, and, and this and that, so in some regard, we look at Nintendo games in a much more critical, like with a much more critical eye than we do with a lot of third party or other whatever publishers or developers. So, I mean, in the end, because I'm Switzerland, I think it really depends. But for the most part, I would say no. I don't think that there's a specific Nintendo bump per se. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that this is a company that's just been around forever. So when they do try something new and it works, yeah, you're going to get your 9.8s or your 10s or your whatever. But at the same time, I think that's why right now Naughty Dog is getting the scores that you're seeing. They're putting out these amazing games and now they're at a point where 
like when The Last of Us 2 comes out, we're going to compare that to Uncharted 4. We're going to look at The Last of Us, the original Last of Us, and we're going to say like, okay, well, you know, this studio's been putting out these games for so long now at such a high caliber that, you know, where is this one? Fall? Oh, well, it's doing this new, it's doing that new. Yeah, yeah, that's going to get, you know, like the 9.8s, your 10s or, or whatever, or maybe it's going to suck. Like look at Star Fox uh, Zero. I don't think anyone was shy to give that game awful scores. They tried to do something new and it, it just didn't work. But what if it did? What if that game came around and people were like, wow, this is actually awesome. Like this new control scheme is wonderful. <laughs> and, <sighs> and you know, and it gets like 9.5s or 10s or something like that. Does that really mean it's a bump? No, not really. I have nightmares about that game. I never played it, man. And I'm really... Oh, what are you waiting for? That's what I'm getting you for your birthday, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So how how are we looking for time for you? Yeah, I'm still good. I You're still good? Be, okay. I need to leave for 2.15, so we still have around 20 or so. Okay. So uh, what did you want to talk about with the Switch sales? Yeah, I'm not sure. you were super impressed with the sales. Huh? You were telling me maybe you should uh, just resume this. Uh, okay. Okay. Sure. Um, so for those that don't know, uh, I believe it was Time Magazine, I want to say. I forget who it was that was uh, talking. Hold on. I don't want to lie to you guys. So let's, let's find this. 1.5 million Switch first week. Uh, who was the one that, where did this come from? Oh, the Christian Post. Oh, well, that makes sense. Okay, here we go. We'll go to IGN. They'll have it. Okay. Uh, game industry biz. There we go. Super data use figures provided from Famitsu and GFK. I don't know who that is. John um, F. Kennedy. Well, G, not J. Oh, that's right. You guys are funny. You inverse those. Of course. Uh, you guys, you guys are funny. <laughs> All right. So basically half a million Switch consoles were sold in the United States while 360,000 were sold in Japan and Europe, uh, had around 85, uh, sorry, um, uh, no, it just says we're, weren't that far behind. They didn't give the breakdown. Uh, they said that the UK sold 85,000, France had 110, and, and so on and so forth, okay? Um, and they're saying that uh, The Legend of Zelda, based off of all of this, in its first week on the Switch, sold 1.34 million. Um, Nintendo now has doubled the production of the uh, the system, so in order to keep up with demands. Now, why I said this was impressive was because it actually beats the Wii's initial uh, sales data. Yeah, and but I'll, be, if, I'll quickly tell you that the Wii U also beat the Wii's initial. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Exactly. It doesn't mean anything. It, it doesn't. It doesn't mean a damn thing right now because, well, just because. But what what why I was impressed is because this was a platform release not in the holiday yeah. season. That was more why I was like, oh, well, that's that's good news. I'm not saying that, oh, my goodness, this is it. It's going to be the new, like, PlayStation's <laughs> doomed. Yeah, I was no, just... What I really hate about this is, for me, those numbers are not impressive. And you can call me what you want. You can call me a Sony fanboy. Clearly, that's what I am. But No, you're those, a Microsoft fanboy. Yeah, those numbers, for me, are not impressive. 
because of the fact that they cannot keep up with the demand. It's like, if you would have told me that you sold 3 million cop, 3 million systems in the first week, I would have understand why you cannot keep up with the demand. But we're not talking about 1.5 million systems in North America. We're talking worldwide. So that mm -hmm. doesn't really impress me when you consider that PlayStation 4 sold 1 million units in the United States alone on its first day. Like, sure, this is the best uh, launch ever for a Nintendo platform. And you can have a thumbs up or two if you want. But it's like, if you want this thing to be successful, you better uh, stop screwing around and put, uh, I don't know, press the button on the on those uh, industry, whatever, wherever you make those switch and make more. Because it's every day you don't have more switch, you're losing sales. And the Steam is all, is, is not going to be there forever. Like, I, I know that when I have my Switch, I'm going to love it, but I'm not going to love it as much as you and every other, everybody else because I will already have beaten Zelda. If you remove yeah. Zelda from the Switch, then suddenly it's not that exciting. And I I just I don't want to be that rude to people, but there's not much coming out after Zelda until Mario, whenever that hits. Like There's a few games. Mario Kart 8 is going to be a, a good hit. Sure, Splatoon 2 also. But there's not much in terms of a killer app, and like Zelda's not gonna stay as hot forever as it is now. So the time to capitalize on those sales is now. And they said that they were doubling up production, and that's good. Like hopefully, but like their goal is two million by the end of March. Like if that's what their goal is, that sucks. Like they should be way more aggressive than that. And they have a hit on their hands right now, and they're not capitalizing on it. And I don't want another Wii U here. And I know, like, it's going to outsell the Wii U. Like, I could probably release something and outsell the Wii U. Like, the, the Wii U did terrible numbers. But they need to wake up here, because the, the, the window is closing. And if they don't... And if they don't stop screwing up, like, the, the Switch will, will not have a very uh, prominent future in... Like that's what that's what pisses me off about this. Instead of celebrating those 1.5 million, which is good, it's not great. I want Nintendo to be great again. Like I'm, I'm like Donald Trump here. I want Nintendo to be great again. <laughs> so move your ass, Nintendo, and make more switches so Jared well, can buy me one. Exactly. Um, but there's it. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. There's one other thing I wanted to mention about this that um, that I put in my notes here is I'm actually concerned about this and not concerned about the, the sales. And I was impressed in the sense that I'm like, well, you know, Hey, it is doing okay for it being March. Right. And such a let's, boy. let's, let's be honest. Let's be really honest here. What you just said, no one can argue with. If I see a single comment from people saying, Oh yeah, like the next couple of months are going to be amazing for the switch guys. Come on. Like, let's be really honest with yourselves here. The the lineup is laughable right now, and we have no idea if Mario is even going to make it this year. Like we don't. So here's the thing: history that says no on that. By the way, yeah, exactly. Uh, here's where I'm I'm very nervous. Okay, Capcom announced something that is awesome. It's the Disney Afternoon. It collects Darkwing Duck, Tails Spin, uh, Rescue Rangers 1 and 2, and um, what's called, um, uh, oh my goodness, DuckTales 1 and 2. 
Do you know how many copies that would sell on Switch? I, I assure you right now, if they put that on Switch now, like, because I think it's coming out in what, May? Something like that? Um, no. If... If if they release that on Switch, I am telling you right now, it will sell the most on Switch, for sure. Just like the Mega Man Legacy Collection sold the best on Nintendo's hardware. How is that possible? Well, let's be honest here. These are games. These are Nintendo classic games. It's going to sell the best on Nintendo hardware. It's going to. And Capcom didn't even announce it for the Switch. And that is when I sat when I saw that. Because I saw the announcement via Twitter, and there must have been something like uh, maybe 500 to 1,000 comments, and all the comments, just about all the comments, were, where's the Switch version? How come no Switch version? Why isn't it, you know, blah, 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 over and over and over again. And to me, that is extraordinarily telling, really telling, that Capcom, and they're not alone, just like EA, just like all these other companies, I really think they believe Nintendo is done. And I think the the writing is on the wall that you can see it. That the, the video game industry as a whole believes Nintendo is finished. That this is it. That, you know, they don't have a chance. And so I was happy to see the 1.5 million sort of sales there, but... Part of me was looking at this just like you and saying, like, I don't think it's enough. You know what I mean? Like, if if Capcom, a couple of weeks later, like, literally, what, two weeks later, something like that, if they can come out and announce a game that literally belongs on Switch, and you don't even announce the support for that platform, the only game that you have is a port of Street Fighter 2, and that's your your your, you know, quote-unquote support, then you announce a digital game and you're not even bringing that to Switch. That really spoke volumes to me where I was looking at this and I was like, okay, they, they really are in trouble here and they need to get sales now. And like you said, once Zelda calms down in a month from now, this isn't Grand Theft Auto V, guys. Like, this game is not going to sell 75 million units. This is something where they need to capitalize on this now, and they need to be begging third parties to do whatever it takes to get support. Because let's say they go to Capcom and they say, Hey, Capcom, we sold 4 million um, Switches right now. Let's let's go ahead and bring uh, bring that Disney, whatever it's called, Disney Afternoon Collection to to switch you know we'll 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 do whatever it takes to get that on board they do release it and then it does sell better than all the other copies well then guess what you can show that you can say hey guys look you you had the greatest success was on switch you know maybe we should bring out uh, a few more things why don't you release the Mega Man legacy collection on on this yeah you already had it but let, let's bring that over how about we bring over a couple more things and you 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 work from that but I, I tell you, I was really, when I saw that, that tweet, I sat back in my chair at work and I was just like, this is not a good sign. Yeah, this like, is really. funny too, because, like, Nintendo doesn't have that problem with the 3DS. Like, third parties are on board with that one. Like, Capcom, uh, Street Fighter 4 3D launched on the 3DS and it sold a million copies in there. 
They recently, uh, last year, released Project X Zone 2, which bombed, but they released it anyway. So it's like, why is the Switch now? Like, it's there, it's a portable. Like, why are they not, uh, treating it like it's the 3DS? Because I understand with games like Mass Effect and Jomeda that would re- require certain work to, or work around to be ported that. But a game like that Disney port, like, that probably is not that difficult to bring over to the Switch. Yeah, I don't know. But I'll, um, I, I'm worried. I am. Every announcement that, that happens from today onward, it, it's worrisome. Because <laughs> a game like that should be on there. It, shouldn't, it should be a no-brainer. It shouldn't even be, oh, is this coming to Switch? It should, it should, you should see PS4, Xbox One, Switch. On a game like that, it shouldn't, it shouldn't even be a question. But the fact is, it's not coming to Switch, or at least not yet. And, and that raises a lot of questions because what kind of faith does Capcom truly have in this device if you're not even going to bring over a $20 digital title of a compilation of games that were originally released on the NES. I mean, that makes zero yeah, that, sense to me. That That's telling. That's really telling. All right, so the next topic, we're going to go really, really quickly on that because I would like to be gone by 2.15 and it's 2.03 right now, is I wanted to talk briefly about Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Now because I think uh, the Game Pass that Xbox just offered or is bettering right now is like really really interesting because I think mm-hmm. for ten dollars a month you get unlimited access to over a hundred titles and these are Xbox One and Xbox Three Sixty titles and it's for ten dollars a month guys and you can download them. You don't you're not streaming them like PlayStation now so the quality is perfect and ten dollars a month for unlimited games man that seems like a dream come true. That's something that if I had uh, really good internet here. Like I would take advantage of that easily. Yeah, I I said this many 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 moons ago. I actually was talking to Ahmed about it because I I said that I don't understand on the Wii. I think it was why Nintendo didn't do this for the Virtual Console. Why the hell didn't you charge like $15 a month and you just unlock the virtual console? You get to play every game whenever you want for as long as you want, so long as you have the subscription. I cannot believe it took this long for someone to come up with this. And the fact that it's like new games and stuff like that, yeah, man, kudos. I can totally see this like taking off and, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is actually where the whole industry goes into something like a Netflix type of service where either streaming or downloading or whatever the case may be. But I can certainly see a subscription model being extremely exciting. And I'll say it again. This is the type of thing that could be the killer app for the Switch. Just imagine if if Nintendo were to say, again, just start, if they're nervous, start with Virtual Console and say $10 a month or whatever it is, you get unlimited access to like, say, 500 retro games, something like that. There are thousands of people, maybe even more that would jump on that because the switch not only can i play it on my tv but i can also bring it with me it would be like the ultimate retro box if you will i i don't get it to me this is something that all of these companies should be jumping on yep 
Yep, very nicely, uh, nicely said there, Jared. Almost like okay. you're an expert on the subject. I should be. We've been talking about it for years. <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap it up, and we're going to wrap it up on time because I want Stephen to go. I don't want him to get a divorce. Um, so, just as an FYI, guys, uh, these podcasts actually go up usually the day or the day after we record them on iTunes and other podcast services. So, if you're if you're excited to listen to our stupidity, you can go ahead and, and do that like immediately. Just subscribe on iTunes or like I said, anywhere else. Just put Project COE, Canadian Gamers or Nintendo Fanboys and we'll pop up with our logo and you can just go ahead and download um, download our, our latest discussions. Uh, so I, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Uh, we're also going to be doing a Breath of the Wild joint review discussion coming up probably in the next week or so. I actually have to go through the game myself and finish it off. And uh, the last little bit of news that I wanted to let you know, and Stephen wanted me to remind you, is for the mailbag. I still haven't gotten any emails, so I don't know if it's something that you guys aren't interested in or if you don't want to bother. But uh, my email is just my name, so it's J-A-R-R-O-D at projectcoe.com. And you can uh, just just make sure in the heading you put mailbag. Because if I don't see that, I'll delete it and think it's spam or something like that. So we really want to hear from you guys. What are some of the things, you know, anything, anything at all you want to say. It could be questions. It could be discussions that you'd like us to tackle. It could be anything in the world that you guys like us to uh, talk about. And with that, say goodbye, Stephen. Goodbye, Stephen. <laughs>